Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your illustrious co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, and with me as always, Dave Gurney and Joe Hilliard. And I would just like to make a quick uh, statement in regards to my behavior last week. It has become known to me <laughs> it has become made aware i have been made aware that uh my pension for hyperbole is not always recognized by the audience <laughs> uh and people think sometimes that i'm like stone cold dead ass serious about the things about every single thing that i say so i've realized that i'm working against my own effective argument like i i'm undermining my own arguments by making them less effective by being such a jackass so i'm gonna really try to rein it in Ooh. this episode interesting uh, well you know i i uh hope our listeners uh who, who certainly our patreon listeners uh, we'll, we'll listen to the after hours this week because I fully intend to re-engage that conversation we were having. Um, I've been mulling it over since the, uh, talking about, uh, licorice pizza, Think, uh, licorice the pizza, the, the age characters. difference, your, your major criticism of the film and, uh, and how it makes me feel and all, and all that kind of I've stuff. I've been thinking so, about it too, David. I'm glad you're bringing that well, up. there you go. I had many a conversation in the store over the last week. Uh, well, let's save it for that. I look forward to that. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's my Rushmore. I needed 12, <laughs> I needed a 12% in ABV beer inside of me before that big mea culpa. So uh -huh. uh, let's get it. And then we got a couple news items I think we want to discuss. So let's open yeah. this beer. It's our fifth time to visit Martin House Brewing Company. Five timers club. Five timers. They get a jacket. We're going to send that to their brewmaster. We should make a Sure. They're out of Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> this is a 12%. And Carlos, when I bought this, I bought it for two reasons. Number one, it is called Astronaut Apocalypse. It is an imperial stout with, ready, Carlos? Get ready, coconut. And it is 12%. So Whew. I think we got a couple little news items we wanted to talk about. And then you can tell us why we're drinking Astronaut Apocalypse. Right. It is a great tie-in, Joe. You, you, you've really done outdone yourself here with the pairing, um, thematically speaking. But yeah, we, we had some sad news in the world of film. Uh, I'm sure all of our listeners are already aware. Uh, Sidney Poitier has passed. Um, sadly, we have never covered one of his films on the program, though. Um, it, you and know, it's Greg Abbott's fault. It is. It's actually, we can trace this right <laughs> I, that's i mean <laughs> we're putting I, this one on greg I, I know i know what what i literally just said <laughs> but that isn't hyperbole in this case that is not it is right. very very accurate S certainly our texas-based listeners will remember and i bet actually anybody will remember the texas freeze apocalypse uh valentine's of, day weekend right of yeah. 2021 um, which which all three of us, uh, you know, kind of struggled through losses of power or heat, you know, that da 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 da, and and it water did. in our case water right it, it hit uh, just as we were about to be recording an episode, and so we had to nix that episode uh, because I don't even know if we would have had power to record. I don't remember, but we did not have power. We were record. struggling with all kinds of other issues: the water, the heat, all that. Mm -hmm. um, it, but our intent had been to do an episode where one of the films was going to be in the heat of the night. Yeah. So all three of us had watched in the yeah. heat of the night. And you in know. fact, I, I forgot that we didn't do the episode, right? Because when the news came of his death, I was going to post on our social yeah. media like. 
go hear us talk about in the heat right. of the night. And I couldn't find it. No, you me out. you asked me, and it, it also like, and I'm like, did we do it on an after hours? Right. Were we yeah. thinking? Did we nope, bury that it? That was episode? the infamous Texas yeah. freeze apocalypse missing episode. Yeah. So I think we should rectify this situation at some point. Yeah. I think down the road we, we're we're kind of uh, you know jammed up with all of the end of the year stuff that yep. we're trying to get in the the last stragglers of 2021. Um, but I have a feeling here in the next few months we'll we'll be fitting in some kind of Sidney Poitier I'd like uh, to do that. episode, yeah, because yeah, uh, he, he's definitely a, a towering presence, iconic in figure. cinema, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, first uh, Black uh, Academy Award winner uh, for Best Actor, you know, back back in the day. So, um, so our respects to him. Um, the other big news that Joe was m- mentioning is that, well, whether or not it's big news, we can talk about. But it has been a news story yeah. that the Golden Globes went on but in a much altered form, yeah. right? Um, after being shamed and disgraced over many years, actually, but it kind of culminated in last year, um, uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association being called out for having absolutely zero <coughs> members of color, um, having no, uh, you know, already not having a whole lot of uh, credibility in the eyes of... Uh, overwhelming lack of transparency in their process, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, the, you know, it, even though this had been one of those award ceremonies that was sort of, um, you know, it, it kicked off award season. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a big party. studded and fun to watch on television. Yeah. Ricky kind Gervais of, was a host for many, many years there, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. T- uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, you know, they were hosts there for right. a while. Yeah, and it was like a um, kind of a boozier more casual oscars yeah but yeah. it also kind of hinted at maybe who some of the oscar winners were going to be yeah they uh, certainly had a part whether they deserved it or not in kind of frameworking the the oscar nominated films yeah. right right so they did announce winners yeah. um although there was no ceremony no or at least fair. nothing televised um apparently there was some sort of private event that they held and they were tweeting out mm-hmm. the winners as the winners were announced in that room you know, and and perhaps after hours we'll talk about some of those wins sure. and and Sounds you know like big Willie style. We got a good. That's right, King Richard definitely got shaping some up. Yeah. Well, before we move on to the movie, and we should quickly put your nose in this beer. When I had this, Ooh, at I'm home, definitely getting the coconut, Joe. Yeah, I, I, I put more than my nose in that beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do I have the right glass? I mean, this this, this is almost like a suntan oil. I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel like <laughs> I don't know if I take. It gives me more of a uh, like a toasted. Yeah, yeah. Coconut flavor than a And I didn't mean oil. that in a bad way. I just right. really, I, I, Suntan oil <laughs> smells good. Yeah, that. yeah. Like coconut oil is a, is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, so. it's, it's 12% it smells fantastic. Yeah. Ooh, that's exciting. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Much appreciated. Well, the reason why uh, astronaut apocalypse, th- that term makes a whole lot of sense here, is, of course, we are looking this week uh, in the first half of the episode at the 2021 just- under the Wire 2021 release uh, came out on Christmas Day, right? I think I think it had on a Netflix. limited theatrical so the, like the yeah. and then yeah, but it hit dropped Netflix on Netflix yeah. on the 24th. Christmas um, Day or Christmas, Adam yeah, McKay's newest film, Don't Look Up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which was a hell of a pitch meeting somewhere. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill. The list goes on and on. Timothy Chalamet, a comedy by the director Timothy, of Anchorman. Yeah. Tyler Perry. And and That's more recently, right Big there. Short, which which got a lot of critical love. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Vice. 
Vice, Vice right. got a little less critical love, but still, you know, I, I was going to call it Dick. Yeah, that, <laughs> well, that's not that's another film. That's a different yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, here, don't look up. Uh, it, it's definitely you know got comedic elements. Uh, we we can talk about how successful those are uh, w- once we get into the review portion. But the basic premise is you have a c- couple research scientists, one in particular played by Jennifer Lawrence um, at Michigan State. I'm, I, I think that's right. That she's, um, a, she's, she's, she's a, a doctoral student. candidate, I believe. Yeah, right. Um, so she's still a grad student, but um, she notices this aberration as she's looking at the sky. What is this? And it, it happens to be a comet and it's oh i thought it was the ghost of christmas past (laughs) i think i watched a different movie oh no uh headed right at us uh us being planet earth and gets her um advisor uh uh played by leonardo dicaprio uh what's his name mindy mindy yes dr mindy Mindy. randall Mindy. mindy i think yeah you think it's a mork and mindy reference Hmm, I hadn't even thought about that. That's interesting. Anyhow, they get in touch with NASA um, and kind of, <laughs> and b- basically make the point that look, this thing is coming right for us. Unless we do something about it, this is an extinction event. This is going to mm-hmm. decimate all life on Earth. We we need to do something about this. Six months from now. Yes, right. So there, there's a six month window here that we have. Uh, they get an audience with the president and. Well, from there, things don't quite go as anybody would want them to because the world acts the way the world works. And you have a president who's concerned more about her polling numbers, Mid-term played by Meryl Streep here. Um, you have a you know, media landscape that is more interested in what the hot celeb gossip is at a given moment or perhaps just giving people a nice pat, feel-good ending to a news story, even yeah, if it is keep a pretty... It light. I would like to keep things fun here. Also, as, <laughs> as you're talking about all these other elements... Of the of the movie, you know, we mentioned some of the cast, but then you've got Kid Cudi, Ariana Grande, Kate Ron Perlman, Kate Blanchett, Tyler, Tyler Perry. Perry, Melanie Linsky, Timothy uh, C. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we did, oh, we did get him out, him. but yeah, uh, a bonkers, in, insane. Ron Perlman, yeah, just from a few episodes back, just right? from we a few just episodes back, and, yeah, in a hilarious role, I think. I, oh yeah, no, that's he's he, he's pretty funny, but yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to. I, as you're mentioning all these things, I was like, holy shit, this person was in it and this person was in it. And then- well, it is. It's an absolutely packed cast. And, you know, this film. Mark Rylance. Yes, Mark Rylance. Right. In a great role yeah. as well or a great performance as well. Great performance. So, you know, you have all these factors and, and a lot of these characters come into play as, you know, either potential solutions or problem solvers or exacerbators of the problem. And it's the fumbling and the stumbling that goes on along the way to this comet's arrival on Earth and whether or not we're actually going to get our acts together to do something about it. And and, that, and that's really what this film is, which, as many people have pointed out, and I'm sure we, we will touch on here, Bring it. the allegorical sort of, uh, you know, connection that this has to, well, how we as a planet have reacted to climate change but even more recently how we react to something like a global pandemic or fill in the blank yeah i mean really yeah. fill or in anything, the blank yeah. any sort of crisis because a moment that, yeah. that a a real thing becomes a partisan thing it becomes nothing and that's i think what the film is attempting to prove even if it um is two hours and 20 minutes long you know a cast is it that long yeah it a is, cast yeah. this large 
You didn't feel to, that running time? I didn't, know. Good. Yeah. All right. Has to fill that many characters, and that many characters can only mean that there's a lot going on. And to me, the one... One of the deficiencies of the film is that it's got a shatter, like a shotgun blast approach at the satire. It's trying to take on everything. And I think a few of the elements are a little underbaked. Although I appreciate every single element and I appreciate and understand exactly what the filmmakers are trying to do in each of those elements as well. Yeah, I I mean, if I had a complaint about it, it would be that I mean, I said this to somebody and they were like, what are you talking about? But there's a point in the film where uh, they ditch any even like attempt or artifice of allegory or symbolism or whatever. And Leonardo DiCaprio just looks down the barrel of the lens and gives a monologue about how fucked up everything is. And it's like, yeah, I got all this already. Like, I (laughs) like it's pretty fucking plain as day what you're trying to say before you have him just directly say it to the audience yeah i don't know that it's not like that was a break in this character's character he has been shown as being anxious and nervous and you know a little yeah yeah that's true but he also in the previous encounter had been the one that kept it together when jennifer lawrence was the one who was a little more hard on your sleeve Mm -hmm. gonna tell you we're all gonna die which becomes a meme in 30 seconds becomes a meme yeah Yeah. um and then he has board sticker yeah, he has that moment where he breaks as as well. Um, but other than that, I think I went in with such low expectations. I'm not a huge Leonardo DiCaprio stan. I like him in supporting roles more than I like him in a leading role. Uh, I do not like Jennifer Lawrence, full stop. Uh, and I... At first, you know, I I think we, you, people probably heard us talk about this maybe on the podcast definitely on after hours i feel but i went in thinking that uh, good things about adam mckay's approach to drama and david was like well i don't know i've been pretty underwhelmed by him and i was like oh okay that's uh well i was not a huge fan of vice i mean that well see but i didn't see either vice was like that was at a time in the podcast where although christian bale was pretty great in it i think which yeah, you can expect I mean, him to be at least adequate sure. yeah, you know? yeah 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 I no not, i don't know if no, he's ever really whiffed him. it that no, I, think I don't of. think not that I've seen. Maybe a Terminator Salvation or something. Right, I didn't see that though. Anyway, um, and so I went Good in. Good for you. Go ahead. I went in really expectations low. Didn't really have a lot a build up to it. I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna watch this thing. We'll see how it goes. And uh, somehow Jennifer Lawrence made me like her at the end of this. I don't know huh. why this performance. Like this you char- think you've changed, you've you've turned a leaf here, and you're no, going to no. I I, oh, I just okay. think that I was able to. I think the, the, this particular performance worked. I for got you. over it, yeah, and I was like, okay, this is for whatever reason. I don't know why I hated her haircut. I hated a sure. lot of the like, oh, she's to. a stoner, man, you know, stuff. But I don't know. I just like, it's probably the disillusionment of anything ever being okay again that millennials and like zoomers or whatever kind of feel that I'm like, yeah, I fucking get you, man. Um, <laughs> and then, and then also, you know, uh, we talked about having to settle into some things last week when it comes to certain films. And in this case, I really had to settle into Leonardo DiCaprio's voice. Mm. And I don't think that I still love the decision but whenever he first starts talking, I'm like, what is this thing that he's doing? Uh, 
because it's like I don't know. It's I guess it's kind of a subtle change. Like he doesn't, he's not doing an impression. Like he, his voice doesn't sound completely different. Like he's not, you know, yeah, doing like a British accent or you know anything that overt or big. But he's like made his voice pretty nasally. And so at first I was like, what is this going on with his voice? And then after a while, I just like was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for this guy, you know. But then at the end of it, I was like, wait, so Leonardo DiCaprio and Adam McKay think that the surefire way to tell somebody is nerdy is to put glasses on them and give them a nasally voice. Like, that's all we need to, like, <laughs> make an actor nerdy. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Well, it, I, you know, it didn't that didn't stand out to me as much. Definitely the the nerdifying him I was aware of. Like I mean that sure. that is there there is he's a, a handsome man. He is and and part of the, the the public still picks up on that in the film, right? I yeah. mean the public of the film, right? No, the, yeah, yeah. It's the, definitely one part of his character. The, he becomes the sexy. Science, yes, he's sexy the sexy science expert, whereas she is the screaming, uh, you know, alarmist uh, who is you know ridiculed mm-hmm. online. Um, yeah. He's the one who they'll invite back to chat later. Yeah. Yeah, and Kate Blanchett invites him back and back and back again. And she's uh, great. She's so good. I she's thought, always I good. Tyler there's, Perry there's and no... her were great as those co-hosts. Yeah. yeah. yeah I thought Tyler. they did a fantastic job sending up every single one of those shows yep. from yeah. across the partisan spectrum. She's, she's simultaneously like giving me Megyn Kelly vibes, but also giving me like Today Show vibes. Yeah. And is somehow able to encapsulate all of those things right. together. And say so I think the same with Tyler Perry. He kind of across the spectrum is like, this is not even this side or that side cable news or whatever. This is like, it, it just, this is cable news. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Everybody is fucking dumb. And, you know. Yeah, you, you know... I, I like this film. I, I, I think it's I think it's good, and I think I think it's sad that it seems like the critical appraisal of it has been largely that oh, this is too shrieking, too too um, virtue signaling. Yeah, that, like we get it. I feel it. like it is those things. You don't have to scream. Agree. It, it it is, but I mean, are we not in a moment where that's warranted to some extent? Oh, sure. I, I mean, like you're gonna knock something for just doing the thing that we all probably need. We need that cold water splashed on our face pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, so I, I get it. And, and then a lot of people saying like, well, that makes it not funny because it's too upsetting and too like, again, like shrieking and shrill. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But I still laughed quite a bit. I mean, b- partly because the performances I think are so good. We haven't, I mean, we've mentioned his name, but Jonah Hill, I think is excellent. Uh, See, Jonah Hill's lines, the studded. Uh, I liked him. Oh, I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. For me. I, you know, I, saw, I got the jokes. I, I understood yeah. who he was supposed to be a caricature of a lot of kids of people that of might be in yeah, office. Right. Yeah. Have been who in also office potentially recently. It has an edible complex. Yeah. Absolutely. Very, pretty yeah. matter of fact. The, the, the only president I'd want to see in Playboy. Yeah. yeah. His, t- speaking about his mom. Which we yeah. didn't, it hadn't been overtly stated that that was her son at that point. Right, right. And so I was like, okay, that's definitely kind of weird that an employee <laughs> would say that about you. But then Even weirder son, when the employee yeah. is your son. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know, the, the part where he, you know, he's, he's like, you know, we've been saying prayers for a lot of people, but I just like to take a moment to say a prayer for stuff. You yeah. You know, apartments, dope watches. Clothes. Like, yeah, clothes. yeah. I don't want to, you know... I, I hope that we can keep this stuff. You yeah, know? I, I liked him. I thought I thought Mark Rylance was oh yeah terrifying. I definitely want to talk about that. Terrifying. I thought that bringing that piece in 
and yeah. the power that he had because he was an eagle level donor, whatever the term was. <laughs> he has instant access to the president, even summons yeah. her outside. And when he, she he like controls her. He's up. the tech guru uh, stand in for your Mark Zuckerberg, your Elon They've Musk. They've got a multi yeah, I mean, yeah. trillion Jobs dollar Mark Zuckerberg together, yeah. I think. With, with, I think, some Elon Musk and, yeah. you know, they I mean like all, or all even Jeff Bezos. Anyone I mean, like any of these multi billionaire. I wish yeah. they would have given him a crazy laugh. Like Jeff Bezos, like that would have been a really funny way to just like, yeah. You know, but I'm sure somehow, some way, Jeff Bezos had some like money or sway over this movie. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. There's a multi-billion-trillion-dollar effort in place to uh, correct the comet's course. Mm -hmm. It's in. It's in place. It is happening. Rockets have been fired. Yeah, they're in. He the comes air. in and says one thing. The president comes in and cancels the. Uh, the mission. Yeah. And what does he say? That we have done a study of the mineral composition, composition of, this, of yeah. this asteroid, and it's got trillions of dollars worth of things that cell phone company needs to need. Yeah. That's, Rare earth. Couldn't minerals. be more real. Man, that's the thing about it. It's like the, the, the satire is so on the nose that I appreciate the criticisms of it. There is no Kubrickian level of we've got to read between the lines here. I'm thinking of Doctor Strange Love. You don't Although need to read some between of the that lines was, on Strange Love, though. Some of that was certainly overt, but th this is this 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 does I think miss the mark. I think Meryl Streep's miscast. I think that Jennifer Ooh, Lawrence is disagree. I think Jennifer Lawrence is just miscast. I understand so why fine. you cast Before, her in a film. I did yeah. want to... I'm hearing what you're saying, Joe. I, I do want to back up just a second because part of why I was saying I liked it... Go ahead, sorry. ...and all that... No, is I did want to make the point that one of the things that I did feel it missed a little bit was that the media landscape is a bit more diverse than what it casts it as, right? We really focus on this one morning show program... Yeah. ...that's, you know, a very fluffy morning show. It, you... Come on, if you had had the Fox News pundits and the MSNBC pundits and the, the people who were like the ones who, you know, I think inflame people, get people ignited. You did have people, a little bit of that, though. Tiny. But it, but I feel like the media establishment gets kind of a weird pass, like in a, in a way, because it's couched in. They're just too soft to really get it. Yeah. Where I don't think it's the soft. I think they would be digging the trenches. I think they would be saying like, don't look up versus, you know, uh, what a crazy yeah, slogan. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's the, that's one thing that so struck me on the nose yeah. as being kind of perfect. Yeah. yeah. Don't look up. They want to, they want you to look up yeah. because they're looking the down they. their noses, noses at, at you. you. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's, that speech was perfectly written. with the fireworks there are there Perfect. are moments in this film that are very 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 great and i and here's the thing i liked the film but you can't escape the criticism of it uh, that there is some criticism of it so when you dive into that criticism i believe that audiences are finding this movie for one simple reason and that is they were home with their family and saw jennifer lawrence and leonardo DiCaprio in a movie well, on netflix yeah well this poster is just jonah hill's big head like it's, is it i didn't know I, I feel like on netflix when you look at it it's just him like, yeah that's he's coming in at like an angle or whatever it's like, for you i, maybe, I was gonna maybe. say that i've, I've seen it, it that's actually kind of funny maybe we can talk about mine that was after timothy shallow maybe that's because my daughter <laughs> yeah shirtless timothy Chalamet, and he has a shirt on the he's whole, whole time they, yeah <laughs> timothy Chalamet <laughs> as a crust punk is one of the 
craziest An evangelical casting. cross punk. <laughs> One of the craziest <laughs> casting decisions that I have seen in film in some time. <laughs> and I have to say that I am here for it. I thought it was so funny. Uh, is he so li- you're a fan. You you like this. Is he a little bit too good looking for the role? Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. I, I, you know, I didn't. I don't know that I loved it, and I don't know if, like, I was talking to somebody and they were like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to see it. I'd be like, what? You have to see this movie! Get out of my store and never come back. <laughs> yeah, but I'd, well, just be, I'd just be like, oh, man, if you just, like, want something a little... I I, I found it to be kind of light. I know the subject yeah, matter is, 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 isn't is light. But it's presented in a very light way. But the way it's treated and the, the way editing, you can... The sh- yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a... Oddly fun movie. Something is always uh, happening. Yeah, you know, something's always happening. There's a lot the... of interesting characters to look at and to that is interesting. I, I, you know, um, I laughed a lot, but I but I felt a knot in my stomach the whole time. Oh, that, yeah, I, no. I, I I don't I but I think you know again like we're all going to react a little differently to, to these things. Um, I, you know, I like you. I don't think this is great filmmaking necessarily like the way it's put together the pacing of it didn't quite work for me you said you felt you were surprised it was two and a half hours i was not i definitely was feeling it drag at times i felt like oh okay you've made this point we need to move on um we don't need to hear this again yeah but you know those were kind of acceptable grievances i feel like that i were counterbalanced by the moments that i really did appreciate and and again a lot of it was on the nose and yet we say that and it's like but who has done that who has actually made this movie before and the closest we can get is probably something like dr strange love um and that was you know 50 plus years ago that was 60 years ago idiocracy to an extent i think you're right you're right um and you know and that one still as much as it's a cult classic never found a huge audience no so it it has its little pocket yeah so Um, i mean like to me that a film like this is getting seen by as many people as it is i think that's a good thing i think this is splashing some water on cold water on people's faces and kind of saying like yeah this is how we fucking deal with these things we gotta we gotta smarten up here we we gotta do better we 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 can't i think that's a message people need to hear in fact maybe we need four or five more don't look ups pretty soon in rapid succession to remind people sequels that. <laughs> maybe i don't know no, not sequels. by I, other I, filmmakers I, I don't want adam mckay's <laughs> take every time yeah well, he doesn't need my, to have a monopoly one on of this my subject. favorite moments of the film and i don't know if this is the lesson of the film that in these trying times when you would like to think that reason will be the dominant emotion or, you know, that uh, we could have healthy debate but come to logical conclusions. And when in the failure of that, how he... And another part that I had a problem with was the the hurried, rushed affair that he has with Kate, Kate Blanchett. I don't think she'd ever be interested in him, given what we know about her. But okay, whatever. That he returns to his family with his new surrogate family, and they sit around the table at the end of days... Just reflecting on how well they've had it, just and enjoying a quiet table little talk. moments and and dinner. Yeah. And I love I love the fuck out of fingerling potatoes. You know, it, I enjoyed the coffee that. conversation right at the end. Yeah, the coffee conversation. I enjoyed yeah. that aspect of it very much. The 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 the, 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 the table is rattling. Yeah, but they're just holding hands. They're, they're I liked that scene a lot because yeah, because you know, and a lot of people have said that that is a. Um, too little, too late kind of like, oh, so you're going to take this film that's all about how 
terrible humans are and how fucked up we, we deal with things. And then you're going to end it by saying like, well, but look at these noble people and, and how they just, you know, sort of connect at the end. I didn't feel that way. No, I felt like I it was earned. I, that's a, I felt like that's it was a poor earned. criticism. I didn't take it as that. I, I took it as more of just like a, you're going to realize when it's way too fucking late how even though things aren't great they're still like not terrible you know yeah. uh, they could be worse i mean especially if you're a bunch of white people like that except for the doctor guy rob um, morgan's character yeah, yeah. Who i liked a lot but um you know it's interesting because you know joe i'm hearing like i'm hearing what you're saying and i don't disagree with you but i think you know, kind of like what we talked about last week. Like that's a thing that's going to bother you and take you out of the movie, the pointedness of it, or it's not right. Like that, I feel like that is very much a preference thing, not necessarily, um, an indictment of the storytelling or the, uh, script or anything like that. Like, I don't think that that makes the story or the script bad. I think it's like, either you're going to like that it's so upfront and like direct in your face or you're not, you know, either you like under the skin or you like any, literally any other sci-fi movie. Like, do you want it to be like, (laughs) do do you want it to be wildly obtuse to the point where you almost don't even know what's happening? Or do you want it to kind of tell you what's going on? What'd you think Um, of the post credit sequence? There was Which a post-credit one? sequence. Well, okay, so there was the mid-credit sequence. That's, yeah, I was talking about that one. The, the one where they arrive on the planet oh, yeah, okay. after thousands of years traveling through space. Because what, the, like twenty-one thousand years? There is a, okay. This is a really. You small don't think thing the human body would have atrophied? Beyond, it would have. Yeah. You would not be able to walk oh, after would, that. Come on, Bash. Bash had that he had technology on lock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's crazy. no. But the joke is funny. I the mean, joke they, is funny. They they, they find the. Uh, the planet that can sustain them, or the or the the ship finds the planet that sustains them, wakes that them has the atmosphere to get on to the planet, you know, to, to be on the planet. They come out and they're all kind of like enjoying this moment, and you know, then these Fully creatures nude. show. <laughs> only only forty eight people on mine died. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. Right. But you didn't see the the post post credit sequence. I did not. Oh know. my god, you would have loved it. Yeah. Was Jonah, it really? Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill emerges yeah. from the rubble. He's the last he's man. Like, on I'm Earth. the last uh, man on Earth, and he's trying to live stream it, of course, to nobody. To but nobody. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny that his mom fucking left him. Behind. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. That, you know, we all knew it was happening, but when her character acknowledges it on the plane, like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. that was funny. I and but and I really did like Meryl Streep in this role. Oh, me too. I me really too. Did. I'm surprised that I know you didn't that, like Meryl Streep. I know that you didn't, but I... I don't... I don't. Th- I liked the idea of uh, her having pictures on the president's desk of her and Mariah Carey. Uh, like, <laughs> and, or her and like, a bunch of people. Yeah, right? that's, just, that's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that... I th- Also... I'm getting a knot in my stomach. <laughs> I'll, also, the last thing I'll say is that I think... While I understand the reason for it, the sub, I don't know, B, C, D plot line about um, Dr. Mindy having an affair with Kate Blanchett's mm-hmm, character, mm-hmm. while I understand what it's there for, that even, you know, uh, this the, the most noble, yeah. well-meaning of people can get you know, sucked in by the trappings of fame and mm-hmm. attention that the social media buzz can generate and, you know, can make you act in ways that you never thought you would act and whatever. I, I guess the movie is 
about that in a larger scope kind of way because i mean i guess this movie is very much about like the current media landscape and social media is definitely part of that um but it's it is an odd detour that i don't know necessarily it doesn't certainly doesn't hurt the film or the message that the film is sending but i don't know that it was necessary. There's one more thing that crammed in is the way I feel about it. Yeah, it probably could have done without that. Had a much less lengthy runtime, David, to, which I'm sure. Maybe uh, that's something that could have been cut. But 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 also, I, I think to your point earlier as well, that the, the need to facilitate that love story makes it so that the rest of the media landscape is only given these little snippets, these little yeah. kind of quick things rather yeah. than being able to like watch him go on a bunch of these different yeah. shows and yeah. see how different, you know, see how that fluffy morning show handles it. See how a like conservative, uh, opinion show, opinion yeah, yeah. show handles it. See how, um, like, I don't know, maybe he goes on like Jake Paul's podcast or something like, you know, yeah, something like that. So yeah, you could yeah, just yeah. hit all of these, di- yeah. like literally every different type of media outlet that you would like make an appearance on. Right. How would they uh, cram Mark Maron in there? Go on Joe Rogan's podcast. Go on, go, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. right. Go, go on, on beer Rogan. in a movie. <laughs> I, you know, they did approach us, but unfortunately they, we, uh, what's your favorite movie, Dr. Mindy? They, uh, <laughs> they, they couldn't. Well, Dr. Strangelove has been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They unfortunately couldn't meet our minimum. Uh, we're a little That's right. out of their price range yeah, sure. um, for this kind yeah. of high quality content. But I hear what you're saying. I, I think, I think the, the affair, it was, it was a, a, that's one of them that I don't know one. that it landed as strongly, though it did give Kate Blanchett more screen time. And I, and I appreciate who's mad that. At, who's mad a, yeah, so, and she's good. Like the first time I saw her on screen, I was, I was like, is that? No. And Kylie's like, that's definitely Kate Blanchett. And I was like, I don't know. And granted, it's a wide shot, you know, so yeah. she's just like a blonde white woman for like a couple of seconds. Right. She could have been Megan Kelly at that point. <laughs> yeah. But they did something to her appearance. I think it's uh, prosthetic teeth. Yeah. Oh, they did, I think you're right. They did something that made her look a, just a, a little, little different. Yeah. But yeah, she was very good. She gets, She does the American accent very well. Yeah. Well, okay. it seems like we, we kind of came out a little bit yeah. mixed on this, which I was kind of expecting, to be honest. I Liked mean, it, I, didn't love it, saw a lot of flaws in it. Yeah. And I appreciate and I, the message. Right, right. So, I, I mean, I, I think I think that it hits some of the notes we want it to. Maybe some others that we would have appreciated being dialed down a little bit. What about this beer we've been drinking, guys? Astronaut Apocalypse? Did, did this hit the right notes? I or? brought this specifically for Carlos Cooper. So I'm really curious. Documented coconut fan. Documented coconut. coconut in stout. Like you're drinking fan. a glass of copper tone. Yeah, that is. What do you think? I think it's really good. I like it a lot. Um, that coconut is very strong on the nose. It's slightly more delicate on the palate. Agreed. Um, but and, and and I've gotten in trouble for saying that before. Mm-hmm. That I can't remember what the beer was now, either. but there, there was one that we had. Cocodiculus. Cocodiculus. Right. Where. I, I love the nose on it, but then it just didn't deliver. I wouldn't say this is quite, for me at least, this isn't quite as pronounced a difference, but it is definitely there's, subtle. There's still and, there's still the coconut there for yeah. sure, but it's not like really punching you in the mouth. It's like it's there. It's well balanced with like the roastiness that you would expect mm-hmm. from a stout. Um, it's got uh, it's got enough bite. Maybe you, it could be a little thicker, maybe. Um, yeah. but it's, 
thick enough. I was going to say at the beginning, it was a little bit more carbonated as I've let it kind of sit in the glass and been taking my sips. It it has sort of flattened a bit, mm-hmm. w- which is good. I mean, actually, I think when it was when it was a little bit more bubbly at the beginning, I wasn't fully getting the flavor. I think as it's warmed up a little bit. And, yeah, well, I and served flattened it improperly out. out of a cooler filled with ice. <laughs> That's not well, the best way to drink a stout. Hey, the, the, I like I like to experience way. it all along the way. The spectrum you know I mean? of I, I, temperature. Yeah, but I think yeah. it drinks well when it's a little bit warmer. Martin yeah. houses, and you've at, got one of those glasses where you can grip it with your mitt. I, really, that's right. I'm warming it warm with it my up. hand. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Martin no House, stem on this one. Yeah. Martin House Brewing's Astronaut Apocalypse. You know what I like the most about it? Because I had one or two before uh, I brought the remaining two from the four pack. On the drive over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I chugged them in the car. <laughs> I put it in my Therma flask. I just, you know, yeah. the, cop, the cops don't know shit. The roadie. Um, no, of course not. Um, I like the way it deals with the ABV. 12% is pretty high. It is. It is. And I don't know how a brewer, and I'd like to ask one, if they know they're going for a high ABV, how do they control that it's not punching you in the mouth, you know, punching you in the face with that high alcohol flavor and content? It's, it's very subtle. But the twelve percent's all in there. You can you can tell after you take a few sips. It's, <laughs> yeah, after- it's it's. I thought this is a remarkable beer, and I, I was really glad that I could bring it bring it for us. I'm glad you brought it, Joe. Yeah. I think this this is outstanding. Another uh, big win from Martin House. They do a good job. Me. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling it for sure. Uh, not the twelve percent, not yet at least. Well, that's but only the I first like, half. I like the beer. It's only the first half of There's... our Netflix double feature, new release double feature. Right, we these, have a lot these, more in store. These with films you. they slid in just under the wire, and as if you didn't needed another reason to catch up with last week's episode. If you haven't, we've got a continuation of a beer story from there. That's right. When we come back. So, as is the custom, unless we completely slam a beer, one of us will reach out to the breweries that we talk about on the show and let them know, hey, in case you're curious, we talk about your beer. So, I wrote Champion Brewing that Mm -hmm. we enjoyed last week, their Daydream Paralysis Hazy IPA. Said, hey there, we enjoyed your Daydream Paralysis on this week's episode of Beer in a Movie. A question came up. The beer we purchased locally, without looking at the canning date it turns out, was 10 months old. Mm-hmm. We then wonder what Champion Brewing would think about their IPA selling so far away from their brew date. Not sure if it sat in a distribution warehouse or where the delay was. It's not your fault. But how do you deal with that? Hi, Joe. Our acceptable freshness date for all Champion IPAs is three months from the packaging date on the can, which I thought was interesting that a brewer says that out loud. Like, we, three months? Yeah. That's what we That's what we suggest. We would never send anything older than that to distribution. With the three-tier system, though, it is unfortunately a common occurrence to see a product in warehouses and retailers that exceeds our standards, but there's not much we can do about it once it's out of our hands. And I went on to say, no, that's, that's what yeah, we were yeah, saying. Yeah. I was curious how, you know, how, how and if there is anything to do, if there's anything you can do about it after the fact. Can you say, don't sell to these people if they're going to not do it properly, that kind of thing. He went on to talk about the who distributes them in Texas, etc. Um, 
super nice people. So one yeah. of us suggested we should do go go back to the liquor store, see if we can find a champion brewing that's within the proper amount of you know the dates. Well, and, and do it, them again and immediately. And if it's not an IPA, it's not quite as critical. But sure. still, a fresher beer. I think we were yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, Let's give them a fair shot. Yeah, well, because we liked you know to to their credit, and you know even to our liquor store's credit, we still enjoyed drinking the beer, but we felt like it probably was not at its peak flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, some of that that verified by the brewery. Yeah, yeah, some of that hop aroma and flavor had certainly had diminished, diminished while the maltiness increased. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I went to the liquor store today. I saw the one that we had last week. I saw another beer, a Gosa, Key Lime Gosa, that was the same date. Mm-hmm. Then I saw Which some... Which for a Gosa would probably be... That might work. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as hop dependent. That's yeah. That's what tends to fall Their off. Their double IPA is in August. Uh-huh. So that's... A little further than we would yeah. want it, but, but close. Then, uh, but just, closer than March. Just yeah. canned three months ago, two and a half months ago, Champion Brewing Company's Family Recipe. So Champion Brewing is a collaboration with Duke's Mayonnaise for a Vienna-style lager. Now, that took me by surprise, so I had to do a little online research. This is a beer that they brewed in conjunction with Duke's Mayonnaise, a regional mayonnaise company that is available in our stores. Is that out of uh, Virginia? I don't know where Duke's is from. I'm assuming it's from nearby their brewery. Based on the article that I read, it is definitely like a... It's proper a southern, southern thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now it's not. A I, know, I mean, we have it down in the yeah. We had we, we could have gone yeah. to buy it today if we wanted to at our local <laughs> no, grocery to. stores. We were, it, it, would we rim our glass with Duke? <laughs> I was. I was. I what? I did. I did before. I forgot what I was doing because every when you walk into the grocery store, if you haven't written anything down, you're absolutely fucked, and that's what happened to me. Um, I was planning <laughs> on making us BLTs for this uh, segment. Right, so this is a beer that was designed to be eaten with a mayonnaise-rich sandwich like a BLT. So I made yeah, a joke, the, the, Carlos, the, make us some BLTs. It didn't right. happen. And the, yes, I'm very The, the can art that. is is a slice of bread with mayo and many slices of tomato atop it. There is no bacon or lettuce involved. So I don't is is that like a uh, typical southern or maybe a, a particular southern dish to to do like a Straight up like white bread, mayo, tomato sandwich. I'm I'm asking because I'm, I I'm a transplant. I don't know. The article that I read definitely said crispy bacon and lettuce okay. as cold as the fridge. Yeah. So they're just showing us part of the sandwich. Sure. On the, the beginning. Okay. Maybe the bacon. They would gotten sued from the bacon lobby if they had put it on there without permission. A Vienna style lager. I I, I, don't, I don't know what that off means. the top of my head. I don't know what that is either. A Vienna style. I suspect lager. David does though. Um, I believe it is a a <laughs> a, a, a more malt forward lager uh, that coming out of Vienna, Austria, originally. So I, I, I put that part. You, you would assume I put Vienna. that part together. Um, but no, we've had. We, I'm I feel like we've think. had it there, before. There yeah. are some breweries here that do Vienna style lagers um, occasionally. And just based and, off my first sip, we have definitely had a Vienna style lager. Yeah, before. yeah. This I mean, you can look. It's me. it's a it's. Not quite amber, but darker than your typical yeah. lager. Yeah. Most Vienna-style lagers, of course, brewed to go alongside a nice can of Vienna sausages. <laughs> right. Sure. That, that is false. So, uh, although, champion... although, although if Daniel is listening, it's okay. You can eat some Vienna sausages <laughs> while you... <laughs> so champion Brewing is getting a uh, 
second chance, a, a rematch, second chance. We're happy. To oh, I'm loving the look. I mean, it's just a beautiful pour into the glass. Like I yeah. said, it it is um, slightly darker than your typical lager. I, I mean, something going towards amber, but yeah. not all the way there. Nice little nose. And on five point one ABV. In case I didn't mention it. Um, and and it is a good hopped looking, a good looking with, head on it. Uh, hopped with uh, Czech Saz hops, which is, is uh, a fairly typical one for Pilsner uh, hopping. So that's uh, I like that. You can tell a decent beer when you swirl it around in your glass, just the way it looks. Yeah, the way yeah. it foams. It's a pretty one. All right. Well, th- here we are obsessing over this beer, and we're going to be sipping it. But we got a movie to talk about, yeah. guys. We do, we do. So this is we're so we're kind of. In our Netflix award season buzz bag right now, buzz bag. Um, we're we're hitting the films that have come out recently that uh, went straight to Netflix. Every year, there's some stuff that they release that gets nominated for things, and I think it's safe to say that every year something Netflix releases is getting nominated for something. That's like not sure. really like a a question anymore. But so, you know, they put out these award season buzzworthy kind of films. Uh, and there was one that came out recently starring a favorite of the show, yeah, Olivia Coleman. Uh, we've been obsessed with her since the favorite and, um, co-starring Dakota Johnson. Um, I believe adapted for the screen and Jesse Buckley, another and favorite of the show, Jesse Buckley, uh, adapted for the screen and directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, I I should have looked this up before I started talking about it. Is this her directorial yes, debut? Yes, it is. That's yep. what I thought. That's what I thought. I didn't want to speak uh, an answer. Anyway, so Olivia Coleman plays a college professor um, who is kind of forced to confront some past demons um, when she begins to... Or when she sees and then becomes kind of fixated upon a young mother played by Dakota Johnson who has uh, a young daughter uh, that she sees out on the beach in this. Uh, she's vacationing in Greece, Olivia Coleman's character, yes. is right. the professor. Uh, vacationing in Greece, sees this young mother with her daughter, part of this larger family group that's, you know, a raucous group, I would say, when yes. Olivia Coleman's just trying to chill and they're like just, you know, causing all sorts of uh hoopla. Um and yeah, she she gets a little fixated on them and we get a you know, the series of kind of flashbacks to her uh as a young mother. As as a young mother mm-hmm. of, of, of two girls, five and seven, I believe. Um and she makes mention of them, you know, the adult, like present day version of her makes mention of them to different people at the resort at different times. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty, it's a pretty simple premise adapted from a novel. Uh, yes. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I would add two little plot details. Number one, the, the young girl on the Greece Island vacation goes missing for a brief period of time. Yeah. And then, uh, Olivia Coleman finds her, mm-hmm. Uh, but then steals the little girl's doll, and then the little girl becomes very upset for the rest of the film because her doll Despondent. is missing. Yes. But the motivations for stealing the doll from this young girl, and then like I guess there's flyers up, lost, yeah, gr- uh, lost doll, please return, and she's just kind of meticulously caring for the doll in her apartment at night. Um. I found this film to be riveting on on many many levels and so much to talk about 
but I was really curious to know where you guys were going to land. I, I thought Olivia Coleman was fantastic. I thought Jesse Buckley was fantastic. I thought Dakota Johnson was fantastic. The cast was great. The story was very, very compelling. You could certainly tell that it probably had its roots in the written word, like a novel adaptation, mm-hmm. but it didn't bother me. Well, yeah, I mean, no disagreement for me here. I mean, this to me, this is uh, this is top notch filmmaking. Uh, we we have uh, great performances at its center. I think Olivia Coleman has proven time and time again uh, how good she is, and she really delivers on this woman who we really don't get a whole lot of development. I mean, it's it's interesting until quite late in the film it feels like that we through the flashbacks get some but in the present day she's so cryptic she's so hard to read in in a certain sense i found myself like really like focusing on her face and just i want like give me a hint here and definitely could have banged that pool boy though could have could have um it could could have banged ed harris too (laughs) shout out to ed harris i love ed harris love ed harris yeah um, Still doing his thing. Who, who's sort of the caretaker here of the uh, the the apartment she's renting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Um, but you know, it, I think combination of script and performance really nails it. In and like just enough mystery in that character. Um, Jesse Buckley, boy, I already loved her from um, I'm thinking of ending things, mm-hmm. um, w- which we reviewed you know way back in uh, tw- 2020 when, mm-hmm. when it when it first arrived. Um, also Netflix, but yeah, yes, you're Netflix. right. But she's man, really good. I cannot wait to see more. I, I just think she's yeah. fantastic. Everything she I she see her great. in, and Dakota Johnson, like you said, who I have never been all that impressed by, right. really delivers and and does a great job. And you know, again, the supporting cast, Ed Harris, and the you know, like, I think that all of it comes together, and it's the kind of glimpse into somebody's experience of parenting, motherhood, yeah. career, how does that stuff balance? How does that stuff kind and, of... And what if it doesn't balance in some kind of like Norman Rockwell right. way, which is the expectation that I think society places on yeah. mothers or parents, but mothers in this case, because it's mostly the females that are mm-hmm. doing the f- philosophizing in the film about themselves and looking back at their own lives. Um, what if you're having a reaction to your children, a reaction to the task of motherhood that is hurting you. Right. And we're not really allowed to talk about that because, you know, moms, dads are supposed to... No, you're supposed to be a natural nurturer. You shouldn't be ever exposed to anybody that that's a problem. And so, so to me, this film was, A, just a rare thing to see. I don't know that I've seen many films that have taken on the topic of parenting and work-life balance and all that sort of stuff in such a thoughtful and... Well, not front and center as like the core right, emphasis right. of the story. Right, And such a thoughtful... This Mr. Mom tackled it, I think, pretty well back in the 80s. <laughs> you're right, you're yeah. right. Put the whoopee in the let, fireplace. Let, let's not forget about Terry Gar and uh, and Michael Keaton. Martin Mull, it, it was it, amazing. Martin Mull, yeah. And that's a great let's film. Let's never we'll, forget we'll, about Martin Jeffrey Mull. Jeffrey Tambor. But we will definitely to have to cover Mr. Mom at some point on the, on the program. Uh, but... Mr. You know, Mom and Look Who's Talking? Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Why did we stuck? Yeah. Uh, but how did we get there from Lost Daughter? Because Lost Daughter, this is just, you know, taking on topics that you don't normally see taken on this way in a way that will leave some people uncomfortable. I mean, this is a film that... I think it's not a cozy watch. It's not for the mass audience. <laughs> I mean, the people, everybody who's watching, whatever it is, the 150 million viewers of uh, of Don't Look Up, yeah. I can't remember what the number is, you know, some some crazy number. Um, Lost Daughter is not getting that attention. Right. And if it did, it would be terribly upsetting to, to most of them. Um, because this is, it's, you know, it's definitely, it's a, it's a real film. It's a raw film. It's a discomforting film. It is not something that's going to leave you feeling good necessarily, though I do think it kind of leaves you in a better place than I was expecting it to. And we can talk about the end maybe because uh, yeah. I'm curious what your interpretations are of that ending. But Carlos, I, I feel like we haven't heard what you have to think about this. <sighs> this movie sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't get past the idea that motherhood was treated in some kind of way, so therefore... No, I uh, was great. I mean, uh, yeah, Olivia Coleman kicks fucking ass and just never stops. Like, everything... I mean, I can't even begin to try and pretend like I knew who she was before the favorite. Like that was my introduction sure. to her. I had you know? seen, you know, it's funny. That was one of those that you, she was, that was definitely the film. I mean, Joe, Joe said it earlier. That was the film where she first stood out to me. And then it was one of those funny things where you look back at her filmography and I'm like, Oh yeah, I have seen her in these smaller roles and a few things before. And obviously a lot of British stuff, but you're right. The favorite, it was like, she leapt front and center the mother, or sorry, the father last year. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. We, yeah we definitely Hopkins, got that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she, yeah, she's been on a tear ever, ever, ever since, and really proved her ability to filmmakers get it. They're like, we can yeah. use this woman and get and amazing she, performance, and she can, and she can lead and carry a film. Well, from the favorite, seemingly effortless about the range, a huge range, yeah, yeah. yeah. ridiculous. Uh, and I also think that I'm going to say it now that Dakota Johnson is having like a Kristen Stewart kind of turn mm. happen with her. I think similar to Kristen Stewart, she came on the scene in a pretty fucking garbage movie mm. uh, and a garbage franchise. Actually, they both have that with a built in audience with for a built in audience yeah, and, uh, and is now starting to slowly prove to us, uh, which I think Kristen Stewart also, it took Kristen Stewart quite a, quite a while for me at least to really be like oh yeah like she acts her ass off in this and this and this and i think dakota johnson's kind of doing that like i think the one thing that we agreed on with nowhere in was that her like kind of cameo and role and that was pretty funny uh mm -hmm. and like a nice um like breath of fresh air in that film True. she she um, was not bad in that film no not at all uh Liked her a lot in Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like we all yep. liked her in that. And I was, you know, so Kylie and I were on a a walk one morning. Uh, what has it been, like f Thursday or Friday? And she was asking about the podcast movies. Uh, and she was and she was like, oh, what was the other one, right? We watched Don't Look Up last night. What's the other one we need to do? And I was like, oh, it's uh, it's called The Lost Daughter. And she was like, oh, uh, the one with Maggie Gyllenhaal and Dakota Johnson. And I was like, I don't think we're talking about the same movie. It's got Olivia Coleman in it. 
Um, I don't really know much about it other than that. And she was like, I'm pretty sure Dakota Johnson's in that. And I was like, I don't know. I watched the preview and I don't feel like I remember seeing her. And then of course we Googled it and saw that, oh, Maggie Gyllenhaal directed it. Dakota Johnson is in it. And so I was kind of skeptical about her involvement, mm -hmm. you know, cause I still, I think this is where I'm starting to turn on her. But before this, I was still like, yeah, she was in that one movie that I liked her in. But just that one, you know. I'm not, I'm not taking her that <laughs> seriously. I liked you know? her in a few things, but I didn't see the Suspiria remake that she was in. Mm. Um, I still need to see that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, she's in, in this movie especially. I mean, she's not given like a ton to do necessarily, but what she does do on screen is very interesting and like very captivating. I feel like she really plays this you know, kind of analog for a young Olivia Coleman. Uh, what's her character's name? Something with an L, right? Lita. Lita. Um, you know, she plays this overwhelmed young mom who might be in a little bit over her head mm -hmm. pretty, pretty well, I think. And I, I, I found, agree. I found her on-screen presence to be very captivating. And you I know, found it appropriate for the character and appropriate for the, the working yeah, she's off like, of, she's like a young hot mom that probably didn't like, it's probably wasn't like a planned thing. Like, I don't know if it based on her character, it mm -hmm. seems to me as if this was not a planned, like I'm going to get married. And then at this age, I'm going to have a kid. It's, you know, kind of, I, I got the impression like that there's an expectation in that family that sure. You, yeah. That you, you know, continue the line of, uh, uh, you know, so planned or not here, she is with this child in this family. And this yeah. child is for whatever reason, I could see that too. I guess completely overwhelming. Her. Yeah. yeah. Completely yeah. taking everything well, out of her. And she and, has little to no help. And the, yeah, the child is probably like overwhelmingly spoiled by the oh, yeah. other members. But yeah, maybe there was a degree of planning given the expectations of the family, but certainly it doesn't seem like that character wants to, wanted to have a kid at that age, I guess yeah. is what I'm getting at more. So, and yeah, you know, I found, Ed Harris kind of creepy, but a little charming at the same time, you know, like he's doing, <laughs> which a I lot. think is appropriate. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, I think, and Jesse not... Buckley's fucking great in it too. Yeah. Come on, get out of here. I want to get back to what you were saying, David, about not being like, come on, Olivia Coleman's character. Give me something that I can understand. I believe that this character is still going through everything she was going through when she was young. And mm -hmm. I don't know if we said it or not, but when she was younger and had the two daughters, she had an affair with a professor because I'll even back up further. Her husband was just not helping. Right. His career Another was academic, the focus. Her he career was, was right, not the right. focus. When she gets an opportunity to shine and does, she falls into the arms of the man who's giving her that attention. Uh, uh, yeah. Another academic that, um, Peter Skarsgård, Peter Sarsgaard, who Sarsgaard. is the, the real life husband of Maggie Gyllenhaal. Right. Yeah. And, um, okay, so now in modern day age, she's still struggling, I think, to establish her identity as an entity. So in the movie theater scene, when they're watching the classic movie... Dude, and the I would have fist fought all of them. Some hoodlums, <laughs> kind of young members of this I, I, mafia-connected family, maybe, from yeah. Queens, something like that, that's come to Greece, are, are just being assholes. I thought and, they were locals. I thought they were part of the yeah, family that they moved were in too. from Queens. You thought they were locals or part of no, the family? No, I thought they were part of the oh, family. Okay. Yeah. 
and but, she, I, but I don't, I mean. And while everyone else in the theater is like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to have to tolerate this because we don't want to get into a confrontation with these people. Get the, yeah. she, well, she doesn't, she gets up and has a, uh, right. a fucking meltdown. Um, well, after her attempt to stop them sure, is sure. squashed. Yeah. Then there's another scene when she has the first confrontation with the cousin or sister of Dakota Johnson, uh, or sister-in-law, sister-in-law, or we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, can you move? Can we? Can you move so we can be here? No, I'm very comfortable where I am. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I know, but we just need play. you to move down the beach. I understand what you're asking me, but I'm not going to do that because I, I, I'm here I'm and, here I'm, and my, my shit's yeah. all everywhere. Yeah. Everything's fine. Well, you're just a fucking cunt, you know. Her isolation, maybe, or just her femininity, maybe, although it's a female talking to her. The film is trying to explain to us that she's still not, she's still struggling to to, to be a dominating force, maybe, in her own life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean it's, I mean, it's a. I say female a, only because femininity is such a critical part of this film. Oh, for sure. From I the mean, director to the author of the book to all, I mean, all of it. This I, I think, yeah, the the event that we're seeing through flashbacks is like this stage in her life where she was a young mother. She was struggling with the the responsibility of that, that, that all the responsibility was heaped on her for the mm-hmm. child raising. While trying to keep a career going. While also trying mm-hmm. to keep a career going. And then sort of escape that. I mean, that's a, the, the real critical moment here is that she actually leaves that marriage, leaves the children, abandons them, doesn't see them for three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like a trauma. You know what I mean? Like is she... For all involved. Yeah, that she has not recovered from. She is still sort of, you know, was it right for, who have done, for her to have done that? And I think, you know, from the standpoint of... She, <laughs> she she needed to escape like i think as a, as a you know as a um as a viewer i felt like you have to get out of this right this is you're you're totally stifled and yet you know that the the violence that that would essentially create for her in, internally you're seeing the reverberations of that right you're seeing her this is something she's never going to escape. She's she's maybe never going to come to peace with it, which is where I was going when I talked about the ending of this film, yeah. which the film starts with the end, right? This is one of those films where they yeah. decide, I don't know if I love that choice, but this, this, this film does that. I, I like it. It's also it. kind of false. Because I'll explain why later. The, the beginning of the film, you, you have Olivia Coleman stumbling along the beach and then just kind of like night. collapsing... At the shoreline, but she's got a, she's got what appears to be a bullet wound. Right there, there's blood, right. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and she's laying there, and you think left for dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the end of the film, when well, we we've already talked about the doll being with it. When she finally reveals to Dakota Johnson that she has had this doll all along, um, which the, you know, side note there, why didn't she just say, "Oh, I just found it now"? But you know, she didn't. She she said, "I've had it all along." And what? Why did you do this? I, I was thought, playing. I, th- I thought about that too. I'm an un- I'm an unnatural mother, right? And and I and I was. She says like she's playing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was, was just kind of very yeah. oddly yeah. infantile, mm-hmm. right? Which kind of makes sense too. But but that said. She gets stabbed <laughs> well, by Dakota Johnson with the hat pin. It was a, a gift to Dakota right, Johnson, right? So very symbolic, right? right. This this yeah. thing that she had given to Dakota Johnson, and then Dakota Johnson kill you know stabs or her, stabs her with it, um, and then you know in a sort of 
pulls all her things together, throws you don't know them who down you're the fucking stairs. with, you right. know, is, which That's had been right. alluded to us earlier that this is a mafia yeah, related right. family of some this kind. Is, this is a life or death kind of thing. So she gets the hell out of Dodge. Gets the hell out, drives away, but then kind of crashes and stumbles to the shoreline and that's where where she ends up. Mm-hmm. And then we get that cut to the morning where miraculously she's just fine sitting there, grabs an orange from who knows where, from who knows starts where. peeling it. That's a little motif in the film. She has this way of peeling an orange that the makes snake. a snake out of the skin that her daughters liked and that you know it was something they did together. So symbolic of this connection she had with her children and all that. Um, she sits there at the shoreline and then takes a call from them and you know has a very nice conversation with i I happen to be peeling an orange right one of her daughters um i took that because i watched this with Aaron. i took that as she died on the shore and this is like her version of heaven like she can have this reconnection with her daughters she can sort of repair this relationship which probably never could actually be repaired but in this version of heaven that she exists in she gets to have that. I don't want That's that how to I be the correct interpretation, but I don't know how any. Well, I don't know there's a correct one. I'm just asking what you guys thought as you were watching it. I, I'm not going to argue with you. I, <laughs> I don't. I, Joe, that I, I is think it, the Aaron, entire premise of this podcast is for you to argue. <laughs> I think a pat answer of she happens to get a phone call at that same moment and where did the orange come from? Well, and that she's suddenly fine after otherwise. having been clearly suffering in the car, crashed yeah. it, ended up stumbling out and get, you know. I thought that she was uh, woozy in the car, not from the, I had never thought that that was a fatal blow, the the, no. the hat pin. Uh, she has had um, panic attacky moments mm, several yeah, times true, in the film. That's true. And I yeah. thought that that's what was going on in the car for Okay, so you took it more sense. like Aaron did. Yeah, But at yeah. the same time, that orange did come out of nowhere. All the fruit in her apartment was all rotten. rotten. Yes, yeah. right. I mean, it's all kinds of symbolism about that. Paradise being less than awesome. You know, parenthood right. being less than a motherhood being less than awesome. If you just look slightly under, under the, surface, the surface, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the way she's floating in the water, slightly under the surface. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This film, yeah, like I said, you could tell it was from a book. You could tell probably all of the symbolism and allegory and was in the book, but I felt it was really presented well on screen. I would recommend this film to anybody. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you on the end, Joe. I didn't think that the blow Dakota Johnson delivers was a fatal one um i did however like that it started with the end yeah and i'll tell you why since you asked uh i felt like it very quickly and very effectively set a tone of uneasiness that was going to continue through the rest of the film. Cause if you just started, you that. if you started on the beach and like someone in vacation in Greece, I'd be like, fuck yeah, living your best life. The pool boy is <laughs> trying to bang. Like, you know, you're doing your thing. Like, yeah, come on, let's go, you know? But since it starts that way and you're like, okay, shit is not going to go well for this lady. Clearly, <laughs> you know, you're kind of a little bit every, Everything that happens to her, or every situation she finds herself in that could potentially be viewed positively, there's always like that, okay, when's this going to turn? Something rotten under the surface. Well, when, yeah, you know, and it's, so yeah. it kind of creates that little bit of uneasiness that I think the film really benefits from. Um, 
I don't know that I would recommend it to everybody. Uh, my my buddy Nathan was uh, was going to come over on Saturday and share some beers, and uh, he ended up buying tickets to Spider Man for some godforsaken reason. Uh, and so I was like, well, you know, I can come over and drink some beers on Sunday, but I got to watch this movie. Uh, so either it needs to be before that or, you know, watch we can, movie, we can watch this movie if you want. And he was like, he was like, Oh, a movie as I told him. And then the first thing he texted me back, he was like, I've never seen a movie that has such a high critic rating and such a low audience rating huh. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. The critic rating is like 96% and the audience score is like 45%. That's fascinating. Uh, I'm not surprised. Huge despair. I'm not but, surprised. but that's why I'm saying is why I wouldn't recommend it to like absolutely everybody. Oh, I'm you know? still going like, to suggest I think, you watch I think it. To I beer and a movie like listeners. It. To beer and a movie listeners. Yes. Yeah. 100%. But like uh, my mailman came into the store the other day. Right. And uh-huh. he was like, you know, we're, we exchange our pleasantries and we'll kind of do a little banter back and forth most days. And he's about to walk out and he was like, he was like, man, I don't know why I just thought of this, but did you ever see that movie King of Staten Island? And I was like, yeah, I did. And he was like, he was like, man, I just saw it on something the other night and I watched it, man, that Pete Davidson guy is fucking funny. Like that movie was funny and blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff. And I did not like that movie. If you remember, I remember. And I'm also not a huge Pete (laughs) Davidson fan. I'm I'm down with your postal worker. (laughs) And and so I was just like, I was just, I I was just like, yeah, 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 you know, and I was, you know, just go, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna, (laughs) you're like, have, have you seen the, uh, (laughs) men will fuck anything, but what about women meme? Huh? Uh, (laughs) What did your friend, did you, did your friend end up watching the movie with you? He did, he did, but yeah, but my, the, the closing statements with Garrett, my, my mailman, I was, I was like, you should watch big time adolescence. (laughs) You did like that more. (laughs) You did like that more. Um, yeah, I did. I, uh, Kylie, Nathan, and I watched it together. Um, and when it ended, we were all just like, everyone <laughs> 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 just kind of looked at each other like, damn. So, are heavy. we having kids? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, it, it's, it's funny that you say that because, like, a little I'll over, help, I promise, honey. A little <laughs> over an hour into the movie, Nathan looks up at me and he was like, I've never seen a more effective ad for birth control. Yeah. Well, I did actually the, at at a certain point during some of the Jesse Buckley scenes, um, you know, from from the younger Lita uh, flashbacks that we're, that we're seeing. I turned to Aaron and I'm like, "Do you relate to this at all?" And she's like, "No, I don't." Yeah, but yeah, but I but that to me is a. Is I would a not. Like, su- I would not suspect that Aaron would relate. I, I think all. we've done a much better job co-parenting than than that couple did, um, as depicted. I don't know, film. David. Every time you invite me over, I just see Aaron doing a ton of work, and you're just right. sitting there in your chair listening Aaron, to records. Aaron, bring me another beer. With a beer in your hand, like, <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> let, let, let me tell well, you. Let me tell you a quick story about how I watched the movie. We watched it in the pavilion at the farm. Uh, perfect viewing, outdoor viewing experience, except that... I gotta uh, watch a movie out there. My in-laws had not, did not even know that they needed to switch the newish HD TV settings from like the sports setting to the cinema Ooh, setting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have, the sports I, setting is garbage. I have heard of what this What does the sports before? setting enhance for it you? It smooths the image so it makes it look like it's shot in 60 frames per second. So oh. you know how like 24 frames yeah, a second yeah, yeah, yeah. is like the way we see things right. with our eyes. Yeah. So it makes everything look very unnatural. And, it looks like, huh. okay, so Tom Cruise made a big public thing about how you should turn off the soap opera 
Yes. Uh, setting. Yeah. You know how hyper-realistic soap opera looks? It looks yeah. very HD. Well, but that's because soap operas are filmed at 30 frames. Sure. This experience takes you out and it, and it exposes the filmmaking in such a negative way. Aislinn whispered to me, I fucking I hate HD. I was like, hmm. we have an HD TV. Ours did, our TV doesn't do this. Yeah. We didn't want to interrupt the movie. I didn't want to complain. After the fact, I, 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 I suggested right and, and she um, went immediately and changed it. But I did go home immediately and turn the movie back on again yeah. just to see if... Okay, good. Yeah, no. They were... It was shot properly. It looks great, yeah. Don't watch movies in that setting. Fuck no. Uh, Christopher Nolan made a stink about it. Uh, There were a bunch of directors. I think that's Uh, how the TVs will typically come, like, from the factory. Yeah. You gotta go in and find a cinema setting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, like, exactly as Carlos suggests, is um, reducing the amount of frames that you're seeing in a second. Yeah, they... And I mean, I guess Rather I get than it. Film, it's you're like watching you're watching a play being put on in front of you. It's, it's, it's very odd. bright. It's, it's very no odd. Good. Um, and it, yeah, it looks unnatural. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. It mm-hmm. just looks unnatural. And just it, like parenting. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we gave. Champ- I would, I'm the I'm the only one in the room that does. <laughs> no, no. We gave Champion a second them. chance. We found a, the beer in our local market that was closest to that. The, the canning date was closest to today's date. And we ended up with this Vienna lager, Vienna-style lager, perfectly brewed to go with a mayonnaise-laden sandwich called Family Recipe. I bet it would work pretty well, I bet it would actually. work really well. I mean, this is a good beer. Big this turnaround is, from a big, This is an outstanding coconut beer. beer. I'll, I'll say that. I am really enjoying drinking this. I am, too. Um, you know, like a Vienna lager should be. It's, it's crisp and yet has that kind of malty backbone to it that it is substantial. I think eating this alongside a BLT... Drinking this alongside a BLT. Would be, yeah, right. Drinking this alongside a BLT would be fantastic. I agree. If only our host had provided some BLTs, we could have had the experience. I fucked up. I I mean, so, you know... I did get uh, you a pop filter, though. You did. That's true. Our they, Patreon listeners got you a pop filter. <laughs> it reminds me of when we had the French fries in the chocolate frosty from yeah. Wendy's. Oh, that's right. <laughs> from the, the beer that was yeah, trying no. to emulate oh, that. That's funny. I remember that salt was and chocolate. I can't remember who was. I can't remember who that was. Nine o three. It was nine o three that made it. Yeah, good yeah. Uh, friend of the podcast, Devin, Devin uh, got the beer for Devin you. Yeah. You know, I, I like ago, this beer very much, and and I'm eager to visit Champion someday. And I appreciated the candor and the honesty that they had a conversation with me about. Listen, man. Well, we, and I appreciate. We you. hate that that happens, yeah. but it's happening so much more than we even want to say. But Listen. I love it that Joe, you did the legwork and you oh, yeah. got us a fresher beer, and mm. and it, it totally proved what we thought the case would be that Champion is one of those upper echelon breweries that is doing great work. And that we will now. I'm going to be scanning the shelves regularly to see: yeah. Do we have some new champion on? Is this fresh? Great! Yeah, I, I posted it in one of our local uh, Facebook groups. Like this happened at a local store. This ten month old thing. I saw that. Yeah, that was and bold. I said, ah, "Fuck them." I said <laughs> at the end, "I said, you know, the biggest crime committed was me not looking at the date before I bought the beer." Yeah. Because the power is is with the consumer in that regard. Now, I told Savannah, my 16 year old daughter, this entire story. And I, she said, well, when you went back today and you saw a, even a different beer that was from March, did you go tell them? I was like, no. <laughs> she goes, why not? I said, I don't want to rock the boat. 
She's young and idealistic. Yeah. She thinks that we. <laughs> but, but, hold on, but would you want to be all if you saw a beer on the shelf that was super old like that? You know, to you... be honest, I have never called them out for it to their face. I I will decline buying it. Yeah, but I don't say anything. Yeah, yeah I I don't know. I I've 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 been in a situation where I have felt compelled to say something to them about uh, not about the date but there was there was one time I went in and it was um I went in and I bought the smarty was it a smarty peach cobbler from ingenious I think we had it on the Quite show possibly we had the smarty um, green apple we, right? you brought that I think we had the peach one candy we, we didn't have a smarty but I did see it at the store and it was a peach a, uh, peach flavored something I think it was that one it might have been a different fruited one. But anyway, there was an ingenious beer that was like heavily fruited and had, you know, a vanilla beans and, you know, whatever, some Molly in it or something, whatever people are putting in beers these days. <laughs> I should have brought that um, to the show. And I, I bought it. I was really excited about it. Um, this was actually right when I first started going back to Lakewood Town. It's probably my like second time back or something. And I saw all this ingenious there and I was like foaming at the mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I bought, I bought it, took it home put it in the fridge when i went to open the first one that same night the can was really tight uh, like some stuff had like been happening gonna, uh, yeah. you know since it had been canned and i was like "Ooh, that's a ticking time bomb right there and i almost went back the next day and was just like hey i want to throw these in the fridge to kind of try to halt that fermentation that's happening what happened when so you opened it, it at home explode. Uh, nothing. It was fine, okay. actually. Um, but it, that is a potential disaster. It is. It is. And I did open it over the sink. Yeah. To just in case, but no, I, nothing happened. Um, it hadn't gotten to that point yet, I guess. But the next time I went in, they were in the fridge. Ah, look at you. Mm. Uh, oh, but so you didn't. I I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I I thought about it, and I was like, you know. It's like this could fucking explode everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And there was uh, like a smoothie sour from Blue Owl um, on the shelf that I went like a month or two ago, and the shelf it was on was kind of sticky. Ooh. And I was like, I bet one of these exploded. One of them popped. I bet one of them popped. Yeah. But I just, you know, I'm like, hey, it's your fucking job, man. Like, you guys figure it out. You know? Right. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Two from Netflix next week. Two from Apple. Are we doing two from Apple? Is that next week? Two new releases from Apple, yeah. I know we're doing Macbeth for sure. Tragedy of Macbeth oh, and Swan right. Song. As yes, I thought you're we're right. You're right. On. Yes. We two, are doing Swan Song? Uh, that's what I thought we'd okay, settled okay. on. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine yeah. with that. Have you, yeah. have you seen Swan Song yet? Nope. Okay. I haven't, no. But right. that's the Mahershala Ali one, right? Yeah. You have to is. twist my arm. We're trying to knock out some of these 2021 Don't get releases. confused, though. There is another Swan Song on Hulu yes, that just yes. released. Now, but, yeah. I remember you saying that. We're on Apple next week. We're on Apple next week. So we're playing a, a big-time uh, game of catch-up. Uh, we're going to do our best to see all of the best movies of 2021 um, and we are also doing our best. This is this is big time news that I'm about to drop on everyone right now. All right, a beer and a movie. This is this was our fourth year, right? We started yeah, in 2018. We're year, year four now, yeah. So we are entering our fourth year as a podcast. Well, we we, we will have attained four years as a podcast. We'll be uh, okay. entering our fifth. We'll be, yeah. yeah. So we'll we will have rounded year four, entering yeah. year five, right. and finally because. Our DMs are constantly blowing up about this. Yeah. But finally, we are going to deliver wearable goods 
yeah. merchandise to the people. Yeah. Beer in a movie merchandise is coming very, very soon. So hold on to your butts. <laughs> that is the thing that's happening. I, 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 I just felt like it needed to be. Said. No, please. I like I, I, to I'm excited. I'm glad that there. you're putting it out there. Um, it's, it, it's happening. It's in the works. Maybe stay even, tuned. Maybe even a new logo. There's, there's a lot of stuff happening. That's there's all I'm talk. saying. There's a yeah. lot of stuff happening. So, uh, definitely keep your eyes peeled, uh, to social media for all of the updates and, uh, goings ons, uh, with that kind of thing. If you're wondering where that is, you can find us on Twitter at beer movie show, Instagram at beer and a movie, facebook.com slash beer and movie TX course, beer and movie podcast.com is where you will be able to find the link to purchase physical goods from us in the future. And, uh, you can also find this amazing, incredibly comprehensive beer map of all of the different breweries we've tried in all the different cities, states, countries, etc., and the specific beers that we've had from them. Um, and if you really want to be in the know on the inside track of everything, and if you want to hear what we think about all things, not just beer and movie related. Yes, we do talk about those things, but on Patreon, we're talking about a great many other things as well. That's patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast. Uh, it's only $5 a month. And you get a bonus episode every single week. That's how it works. Pretty simple. Um, yeah, we talk about beer movies. We talk about TV. We talk about records. We talk about literally anything else that has happened right. to us in that time. Uh, and if you're listening to this on Apple podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps the algorithm to put, uh, our podcast in front of more beer lovers, more movie lovers, uh, you know, more, uh, uh, lovers of grown men yelling at each other about things that don't really matter. Um, <laughs> that, that is, uh, that is what, that is what is happens that, is sometimes. Is that the alternate title of the podcast? Grown men yelling? <laughs> <laughs> grown men yelling at each other about things that don't matter. Uh, it was a bit too long, so we went with Beer in yeah. a Movie. Uh, also, I didn't have any say in what this podcast was named because I wasn't around at the time. Uh, not that I would have changed it, but uh, just... If you haven't been with us since day one, I, I, I was not involved with the first two episodes, uh, but that's neither here nor there. It's a little bit there, but it's certainly not here uh, until next time. We really did have everything, didn't we? I mean, when you think about it. Yeah.